What's up, guys? Guess what? We have a product on our website over at studynotesaba.com that I think you all need to know about. You know why? Because it's 10 hours of mock question breakdown dissection with Liat and I. It's all of our favorite and hardest question dissections all in one big badass bundle just for you. So we're going to expose you to as many questions. Guess what? 250 questions with 10 hours of us breaking down, giving you detailed feedback after each one. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's educational. It's real. It's raw and it's relatable. And it is only $99. It's such a steal. Head over to studynotesaba.com in search question dissection ultimate bundle. Love you. Mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X-rated way. It's behavior, bitches. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 139. Casey, take it away, sister. Episode 139. We hear about your burnout all of the time. <laughs> that was a good one. It is so true. It's literally like our most common oh my God. thing we get in our inbox. Oh Absolutely. It's very, um, I would say through emails, through, yeah, everywhere. It's always like, oh, I'm so burnt out. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm a new BCBA. And you guys told me this was going to be fun and I hate my life. <laughs> But don't worry, today we have an awesome guest. Um, She's a repeat offender. She's been on here before, so you might recognize her. I think it's episode 121. Um, But before we do that, what do we need to do? We need to do a review of the day. Absolutely, because we are going to continue to reinforce all of your behavior of those that take the time to leave these, because we really do love them. And really, it reinforces us, so it's just like a win-win. It's like reinforces our behavior, though, like not us, right? We reinforce Right, behavior. because like we only yeah. reinforce behavior, not people. <laughs> okay, gross. Here we go. <laughs> All right, this is coming in from Nikki Hoback. I love you guys. I have just recently started listening to you guys, and you have already helped me learn so much. I am in my third year of my bachelor's degree in psychology, and you guys have really introduced me to the field, and I have decided that I want to continue my education after my bachelor's degree and get my master's in ABA and become a BCBA. Oh my gosh. Nikki, well, when you are ready to study, you know where your bitches are at. Study notes, okay? Come on over. We're going to help you. And I'm glad that we're lighting up your inspiration to come to the field because we need more amazing people. That is such an amazing thing. Like, that is one of our main goals in doing this. And, you know, it's supposed to be like one of our main goals of the science in general, as all behavior analysts, is disseminating. And the fact that we're able to pull people in is, like, it feels like we're doing something right. So now we will continue doing what we're doing. Thank you. I have goosebumps. Because it makes me so happy that someone, and I'm thinking back when I was in my bachelor's, if there was, I don't even think there was podcasts, or maybe there were, but definitely not like they are now, to have that connection and find, like, what you love to do through listening to a podcast is awesome. So, what's up, guys? Are you studying for your BCBA or BCABA exam and you are wondering where the F do I start studying and feeling wicked stressed? Well, don't worry. The bitches Liat and I have got you covered with our live collective. What is the live collective, you ask? 
well, it's only the best study prep out there, but it is 10 weeks of live classes. You meet Monday and Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time in Zoom with us. We are your behavior teachers throughout the whole time. We walk you through the entire fifth edition task list. So that's all the way from A through I. And we cover everything you need to know from your Cooper book to pass the effing test, either one and done or once and for all. So trust your girls. We got you. And if you're asking yourself what makes us different, well, guess what? We make studying not suck. We make it fun as We write the notes out with you. We relate this to real raw and relatable shit that you're never going to forget. We promise. Head over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up. Starting May 22nd all the way to May 28th, you can sign up with the code EARLYAF for our fall collective and get $100 off. The best deal ever. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and get your discount now. Yay. All right. So I'm not going to really give that much of an introduction because um, – you have to go She's, back and listen to intro to episode, episode 121. <laughs> I think it was that. It's basically it was on sleep. But Emily Varon, she's a BCBA. She's a sleep specialist. Uh, she runs Ready Set Sleep. She's amazing. Um, she's created something called Beating BCBA Burnout, which is a step by step guide to overcoming burnout and rediscovering your passion for the field of behavior analysis and the families we serve. And I'm sure the clients, everyone, your families that you need to come home and serve after you've served all these people. Um, and when she came to us with this workbook, I wish I had had it when I started in the field because some of it seems so simple, but I didn't even know how to set like a calendar appointment that was actually beneficial or worked for me. So Emily, mm-hmm. welcome back. Hi, it's good to be back. I love you guys. We love you. <laughs> I love having people back again. It's like you form that connection. We've you've done CEUs with us now. Like it's oh, yeah. just so great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She didn't take the C. I mean, maybe she has taken CEUs off our site, but just so you guys know, and if you think that she's cool after this podcast today, <laughs> you can head on over to our website and take some of Emily's CEUs on our site. So yeah, all about, but I'm sure press. you've taken some on our site too, because when you're a contributor on our site, you get to take all your CEUs for free. I know. That's on our site. an amazing perk, and I appreciate it very much. <laughs> and, and you get passive income. That's what I find more awesome. <laughs> if well, you're, if you're like- something to share, teach CEUs on our site. Absolutely. I love it. I love and I love your whole team because like like Jordan emails me sometimes and she's like, oh my gosh, your CEUs are doing so great. I'm like, ah, that's amazing. I will say <laughs> that the study notes team is very reinforcing. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day. I think it might have been. Oh, yeah, it was Carol. Carol who I does guess. our app. It was because we were in Miami and she was saying, she's like, it's so funny, Casey. I, I volunteer at this hospital like one day a week just you know to give back and she's like you should see how like burnt out people are and mean to people that like just the environment there's just nothing's reinforcing she's like I didn't realize how much our team is just so filled with reinforcement whether it's from our students or like these reviews or Instagram messages or emails or people in class um 
So well, it's, it's funny like we're very because, blessed. It's funny because, you know, we're in the field of ABA, right? You would think that um, that the, the BCBAs that, you know, run our companies and our directors and all of that, they would embed reinforcement into people's everyday lives. And it's like, you know, they try to incentivize people, you know, we're all earning like gift cards or whatever it is. But the real like genuine reinforcement for doing our job, it's just not present in the field, you know? So people do get burned out because they're not finding reinforcing value in themselves. You know, I mean, like it should be, oh, the child's progress. That's so reinforcing. Well, I mean, that's part of it, but that doesn't necessarily reinforce you as a human. It just like reinforces your work, Mm -hmm. which still doesn't help that like I'm having to work 30 hours overtime. Yeah. And and we're not getting paid for doing assessments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should be getting paid to do assessments. I'm going to talk about that. (laughs) Yes. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that and burnout and working smarter, not harder and things like that. So if you're someone, which I imagine is the majority of you, and you are feeling overwhelmed and stressed, and even if like you're not at the beginning of your, you know, like maybe it's been a few years now and you're a BCBA, because our field does not have any like standardized process. Mm. You know, it's like you could literally work at one clinic, even like let's say within – if you don't have a non-compete, even within like a 20-mile range, okay? And it could be like you're working somewhere completely different. You're like, I literally know nothing. They use different assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very into DT, whatever it is, or like they run their programs different. And like there's no like, okay, I could go in. I know what to do. I've had this training or, you know, I always say mm-hmm. like – if you're a surgeon, like you start working at a new hospital, like maybe like the scalpel's in a different location, but you know what tools you need to like get started. Yeah. With, with like, I, I at least personally, I felt like when I started working, like I got a, I, at a new clinic. I was a BCBA, also probably because I was basically running the clinic, and I like <laughs> didn't even know what I was doing Same. first as a BCBA. Scary. <laughs> um, it, it's. Part of the exhaustion also is is not really knowing what you're doing. So you're like carrying around this stress all day of like, mm-hmm. am I doing good work? Am I not? So if you're in those positions, I just want you to know that you're not alone and to have – let me tell you something that my my okay. So I worked um, in Los Angeles. I was we were living up in LA um, when I first started in the field. I hadn't even met my husband yet. This was 2000, and I started working for a company. And anyway, you know, got married, had kids. And then we moved down to Orange County. Now I had already been ten years in the field almost when I started my new company. Once when, when we moved um, down to Orange County, and it was like landing. It was like landing on Mars. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, even though I had been in the field for 10 years. Um, So everything was brand new. And my supervisor at the time, uh, Dr. Sharon Kerr, she now works for Blue Sprig. I love her. Anyway, she said something that stuck with me literally forever. And I wish more people would say things like this. So I was having trouble pacing my reports. I was having trouble like working from home, all the things that we're going to talk about today. Um, I was having trouble planning my calendar because I just didn't know how to fit all of the 
things into one time slot because my schedule looked very different in LA. I was mostly in the districts. I wasn't really in homes. Um, and now here I am, I'm mostly in homes and not really in school. So there's different schedules. It just, I just didn't know what I would do. And I was sitting with her. She met me for lunch and she sat down with me with my paper planner. Okay, guys, paper planner, paper and pen. I love it. I love planner. a paper planner. I know. I know. We're old school. It just didn't work like between Casey and I. <laughs> I don't even think our calendar location. works between the two of us either. <laughs> I feel like digital things just mess things up. Oh, yeah. But um, so she sat with me and this was – I had just gotten my BCBA. I was like so overwhelmed because now I had like new responsibilities. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So she sat down and, and I was just like, I just feel like I'm starting over from scratch and I have no idea what I'm doing. And she said, Emily – these tasks are just tasks to help you do your job. She said, once you learn how to do these little stupid tasks, all of your talents and all of your knowledge are going to shine through. And I was like, yeah, because I was getting caught up in my planner and my schedule and like, the paperwork and like, you know, entering my, my, my schedule into their like digital platform and things like that, that had nothing to do with being an actual BCBA and doing my job. And she was like, don't worry that this is just stuff basically. Mm-hmm. Like you are, once you I feel get like stuff, everyone needs to like hear that said to them. <laughs> yes. Because we are all talented and we all know what we're doing. It's not that we don't know how to identify the function of a behavior. It's not that we don't know how to write a goal. I mean, maybe we need help with that, but it's it's really like this sort of stuff. And there's so much more stuff now yeah. because of insurance. Like when I started, we weren't I wasn't with insurance companies. We were just with our like local regional centers. We didn't have the insurance mandate yet. This was, you know, 2010. The mandate kind of poured down when around did you 2013. Um, I sat in, in December of 2010. So 2011 is my certification date, January of 2011. Oh my gosh. You were like vintage. Did, <laughs> did you take the test? Did you take the test on paper? No, I did not. I did not take it on paper. I did, but it wasn't revolving. So you could only take it twice a year. So, oh, so when I did it, you could take it four times a year. Okay, yeah. So they they've now you can do it anytime you want. Like now it's a whole like so you can not like walk fair. in and do it. <laughs> You could do it when you're ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, we had to get like, you know, I had to get all my credentialing or whatever, whatever it was. But yeah, no, it, only twice a year. So I took it in December. Um, and by the way, my brother had just had brain surgery like the Jeez. month before to remove like a massive tumor from his head. So I was in no position to be taking my BCBA. <laughs> no, it was that's... like, I was a hot mess express, oh. but somehow or other, like, Whatever I passed it, and okay. Anyway, when there's a will, there's a way. Seriously. So I want to, like, like you just said, like you had this moment where you were like, okay, someone told me that if I can just get through these tasks, I can shine my talents of what I really entered this field to do. Right. My other advice, because I'm thinking back now of when I became a BCBA, and of course, because it was a small company, they um, fired the BCBA that that, that was actually like getting paid a shit ton of money because they have a BCBAD mm. and put me right in that clinical director role the day oh. after I passed my test. Now, yes. what that came with, and this is not actually that, um, I, I've, I've heard this a lot from other BCBAs mm. that, mm-hmm. oh, well, they can pay you less. So they're going to, you know, put you in that role. Yeah. Now, what happened to me was that I was trying to fit 
my new role into what their old role was because they mm. had been trained under Lovas and were at BCDA for 25 years and mm. their behavior plans were 45 pages long. And, um, and I was a brand new BCA who had not learned any of that stuff. So if I can give any advice is that if sometimes starting fresh with fresh eyes and a new plan is better than trying to recreate someone else's work. Oh yeah. Um, Because I got so stuck thinking that that was what I had to do. Mm. And I didn't, I could have just said, this is how I write behavior plans. Do you like, let's see if this is going to work for the new role. My life would have been so much easier, but I got so stressed and bogged down with, Uh like I said, and we've had this happen to us too. We have people create stuff for us. And then once you see it through one lens, you should have just started fresh to begin with because (laughs) now you're so stuck or fused to like that stuff. So I think that's another piece of advice if you're starting and you're... It's the imposter syndrome, right? It's not just on social media. It's, you know, you're trying to be that person and fill their shoes instead of just bringing your own light into the position. My light was so dim. I was like, Mm. I'm such an idiot. I, That's I what just, happens when we yeah. try to be other people. <laughs> it's I very know. Tiring. I just been like, hey, guess what, Casey? You just graduated <laughs> your master's. You've written behavior plans. You know, practice. You did this. Like, mm. you know, meet with another BCVA who's new with you, and you know, work through it together. Um, well, I have also no that expectation to be perfect and to do everything right the first time. Oh yeah. How overwhelming is that? <laughs> How overwhelming serious is that? burnout. Yeah. And I do feel like out in the field, people feel like they have to know it all straight away. And it's almost intimidating. Like there's sometimes there's a culture of um, I I shouldn't ask questions because I should know what I'm doing instead of just being like, dude, I, I know I should know this, but really they didn't teach us this in BCBA school. <laughs> <laughs> I and have the letters after my name, but they didn't yeah. teach us how to write a goal from the Vineland. They didn't mm-hmm. teach you that. Oh they my don't god, that's do like that literally like I have like PTSD from that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. Not only that, the clinic I worked at. Sorry, this was just like my first BCBA job. Yeah. I had never I, the clinic I worked at before never used a Vineland. So, but then the. <laughs> Then when I got my job as a BCBA, it's like, oh, you give the violin. Okay, I could figure out how to do like a score one. Like, mm-hmm. but then they were like so cheap that they wouldn't pay for the the scoring part of like calculating the score. What? Oh, God. Literally, I felt I like I was part without um, the scoring packet. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like <laughs> take the T score divided by the Z's, then the the basal oh. of the ceiling of the. <laughs> I know. I I wanted. And I, it was like. I'm so over this field. <laughs> oh Day one. Gosh. Oh my wait, wait, No, that literally was it. Like, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to practice. And it'd be like, okay, so now you guys do it with this one. Mm. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got 73. It's like, no, it was 1,007. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was zero. <laughs> I used to literally, it, this is like, I don't know if this is ethical or not. So, but it was a long time ago. I would pay the RBT who like, had been working at the company for a long time that I came into and be like, will you just score this for me? Mm-hmm. I'll give you 20 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> like cash, ethical. like outside. That's called solicitation. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I had to get shit done and you do what you got to do. Well, you do what you got to do. And I think sometimes that pushes us into these gray areas that are uncomfortable. And, you know, when we're uncomfortable, we don't do good work because we're all full of self-doubt and we're, you know, and then, you know, 
Which I mean, technically, I, I should have asked, like, had. the owner, who was a BCBA, who taught us how to do it. I should have felt comfortable, but I felt like I was such a pest to her because mm. she made it very clear, like, look, I only have this hour to show you guys this, and then I'll be gone for the next, like, mm. never come back into the office again for the next <laughs> year, you know? So well, like, yeah, but I mean, situation. I think, look, not everyone has been through um, – uh, years and years of therapy to understand that we tell ourselves stories that aren't true. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Right. But we do. Um, but not everyone is that self-reflective to understand like, oh, this is just a story I'm telling myself. I'm not actually a pest. Right. I'm not actually bothering anyone. No, I need to be better at what I'm doing. So I need to ask that question. So no, no, no. Know, I have it. no problem usually being a pest. <laughs> like this was very clear. It was but like, that person fuck probably off. Like, listen, you. you're a BCBA. You should like I've explained it to you. I don't understand what could be confusing, you know, and I'm like and I was like, is this what everyone's doing? No, but like I would ask. Yeah, and yeah. then at a certain point, it, like she had made it clear that like and so I was like, okay, Molly, the RBT, you've been working here for years and you seem great at it. <laughs> and you seem I'll help smart you pass enough. your test. I'll help you pass your test if you go ahead and I'll pay mm-hmm. you 20 bucks if you do these whatever scores. I think that's a great lesson in being a good teacher is Mm. so important as a BCBA. Mm -hmm. You're not just this, you know, behavior analyst. You have to know how to teach different skill levels, different learning abilities. Mm -hmm. um, Because I know that I'm not, Liat did this game, some, where were you? You in class, Mm -hmm. it was like asking students to, um, kind of present a concept and you could like, then you would say, yes, you were a special educator or no, you weren't. Uh-huh. Remember? And I definitely wasn't. I, I don't, I mean, I've learned my teaching style through Liat because I used to get annoyed and be like, you should know this, like go to your Cooper book. Like I definitely was like that. And you're like, Casey, that's not like people learn differently. And I've learned mm. that you need to be able to, adjust and it's never you should know something like we feel that but no one should ever make you feel that because no like the only dumb question is the one not asked well and and also we are in a field of adjusting our teaching styles to the learner right Mm -hmm. unless it comes to our coworkers, that doesn't make any sense Right. Right, Like we're constantly saying like, okay, maybe this learner just needs this presented in a different way. Mm -hmm. Well, we're all learners. And like the yacht, if you weren't – see, that's what I loved about that one moment with my supervisor with with Dr. Kerr was that she was like, okay, she knew she had to sit down with me in person and do it visually, that this wasn't going to work on a phone call, that it wasn't going to work if she just gave me more examples. It wasn't going to work if she, you know, just told someone else just to do it. Or if she just said, you know what, I've explained this enough or enough people have walked you through this. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, what, we're just done with our resources? As BCBAs, we're never done with our resources. We have so many <laughs> strategies. And for me, it was, I needed to see her mock up an example and I go, oh, these are my, ah, here's my client. They have this many hours. They have supervision and they have, you know, parent training. I mean, that was the first time I was working with two codes in the districts. It's just supervision. We only have supervision. We didn't have supervision and parent training and not, you know, like, you know, whatever it is, like the indirect or whatever. We didn't have all these other different codes. And I was like, I, I, I needed to see it. And she recognized that I needed to see it in vivo. Like I needed to see, oh, this is where you, oh, okay, I see it. 
I'm more of a visual like, learner. And she picked up on that. So like you need more intuitiveness. In, right. In one sense, I'm like because oftentimes as a BCBA, you are expected to be doing so many things. Mm-hmm. And like let's say supervision, for example, or like teaching is so important. But then like matching law wise, you're like, I gotta be billing, seeing clients and billing. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I mean, I kind of understand her. I mean, she wasn't working with clients. She was literally just like there, like collecting mm. money, as <laughs> whatever. But I'm saying, like, I sometimes, like, I'd be like, dude, I gotta be seeing clients. Like, I've taught you how to do, like, in my head, you know, like, I taught you how to do this extinction procedure. Like, because I do think sometimes we're pulled in too many directions that it is going to, like, lend toward shittier training practice yeah practice training all of that stuff but it goes back to self-esteem and like how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the job that you're doing and it goes back to that reinforcement you know we're not just reinforced by stuff we know that in fact most people aren't just reinforced by stuff we need the stuff and we need the praise and we need the recognition and we need the you know the cheering on and the entunement and we need someone paying attention to us we want to be seen we want to be noticed we want someone to say like I saw that you worked, that you billed 30 hours above your whole standard last month. I see that. Um, <clears throat> and thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to pitch in with whatever because we're in a tight spot right now with, you know, hemorrhaging RBTs, right? Hemorrhaging. I mean, the turnover rate, I think, is like someone – well, the turnover rate is different at every single company, but every company ha- – so every company has a different statistic. It's something like 70% gl- uh, world – like in the country is something like 70%, but some people are coming out with like 130% in their companies. That's There's insane. bleeding RBTs. And, and it costs RB- a lot of money to onboard. It costs money to onboard. And guess what? Unlike The BCBAs, quality of the services is like... Well, yeah. And then like BCBAs are, they're chasing the dollar. They're going, they're hopping from company to company, finding the right culture, finding the right dollar amount, finding what they think is going to make them happy in the field. <clears throat> and I'll get to that in the burnout piece. But... RBTs aren't jumping from company to company. They're leaving the field. Wow. They're not They're not going, okay, well, maybe I'll get another dollar and my job will be easier there. They're going, I can make more money at Target. I can make more money at Wait, dude, Starbucks. but I have to tell you, BCBAs are doing that too. Mm. BCBAs are saying, I would rather work at Target and know I am – Like, I, I think mm. we have verbatim heard that from someone. I remember hearing someone mm. saying, like, I would rather go work at Target – Oh, I know who it was. It was someone that um, Emily, another one of our, another Emily BCBA <laughs> friend I have here, um, had said like she's like this BCBA working through my company. She had said she thinks she's going to go work at Target because like she'd rather have lower pay, but like a quality of life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this burnout book is not only <clears throat> just perfect for new BCBAs or. BCBAs or whatever, but for employees too. Like Mm -hmm. you need, as an employee to keep people happy, you need to follow these boundaries. And (laughs) like, I don't think that a lot of people do. And so, yeah. yeah, And, and I think also acknowledging when someone does set a healthy boundary and, you know, reinforcing that, not just reinforcing that they went and worked you know, mm. 45 extra hours. It's, hey, oh, I really appreciate that. You know, I got your out of office email and it was really clear of what hours you would be getting back to me. So thank you for making that so clear. Clear. Yeah. Yes. 
Like I always do Friday, you know, at like 5 p.m. And I say, and I say in the email, like exactly when I'll be back to respond. So they're not, you know, checking all weekend for an email. Mm -hmm. I I say this, but I check emails every single day (laughs) because I love it. I like get off to it. You like literally get off to it. I know. Um, But at least the expectation is set that I'll be back Monday morning at 8 Mm a.m. You'll be expecting a response between. But now you know that if you do send something on the weekend, she's just watching and ignoring you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to, I thought you were going to say, and she'll get back to you because she's always there. But anyways, yeah. I think one thing is that, you know, I think a lot of people now that, you know, we're remote and we're working from home a lot and, you know, we were through this whole period of time when it was nice kind of working from home. It also blurred those boundaries that blurred the lines a little bit. Um, So I think we just, the pendulum just needs to swing back and we need to get back to the idea of I'm not a 24 hour job. You know, I'm not accessible 24 hours a day. Um, I can work on my business hours. So like Casey, you were saying, you know, they don't pay us to do assessments. Well, yeah, they do. It can be done during session. I love how you broke that down in this book. I had (laughs) never knew how to run a session and I would just end up letting them just vent the whole time. And Mm, yeah, I felt like that was the only way I would be a good BCBA, but Yeah. And I think it comes from the way that we were brought up a little bit is that, you know, when, at least when I was coming up in, in the ABA world, we didn't have tools to work in the field. I could not bring my desktop computer. I didn't have a laptop. (laughs) I didn't have an iPad. I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have the, the actual tools to be working out in the field. But now that everything's portable, now that everything's digital, now that everything's lightweight, you can bring everything out there. There really is no reason to not be working on your work hours. There's no reason, but we we were brought But that's up- also part of the problem. Are you hearing what you're saying? It's <laughs> all portable. It can all come with you. Like it's <laughs> you know, it's like you could effing continue writing your report at your kid's soccer game on your phone. That's uh, the problem. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a you problem. So, you know, I mean that's I mean it's a me problem too. It's not just a Liat problem, but that's like I love that. the global well, that you problem. problem. No, yeah. It's the yeah. global universal you problem. I'm right? saying it's it's also become like this is what's conditioned now. Yeah, like so true. Like I actually um and this is crazy, but I what's the word? Pair my morning tubby. I know Liat hates when I say that, but my like bathtub in the morning. The tubby is so creepy. Whenever she uses <laughs> that word, it literally reminds me of like a sex offender. <laughs> Like, come take a tubby with me. Anyways, I I, I, use, I always say I'm going to use that time to read, like, a book that is not Cooper yeah. or, like, not a workbook. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to use it to meditate. I swear to God, every time I get in there, I do my best work. I'm, like, Ugh. I will do all the outlines for the podcast. I sounds will make terrible. sure. Well, maybe, like, you're, you're, you've done, like. That sounds awful to me. But, no, I but she's it. starting. I, but that's, like, I mean, you're not doing that at night. Maybe yeah. it's like how you start your work day. I, and I think like, mm. exactly, like adjusting my mindset of like, oh, well this, you know, then at like I can end earlier because I've done stuff from 5 a.m. to, you know, 9 a.m. First of all, what a great idea to take a bath at the beginning of the day. Oh, yeah. I start every morning with a bathtub. You're tubby. amazing. Don't say tubby. <laughs> now we think of Teletubbies. Tubbies. Do you agree? Tubbies <laughs> and it's a little weird for an adult. Like I'll do, I used to do tubbies like with the babies. Like, come on, See, tubby so time. you at least know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we know what you're talking. No about. tubby time. Okay, that's like a different. Like, eh. okay, yeah. get I in take, the bath. I take a bubble bath. I take a bubble bath to relax in the morning. Yeah, don't call it a tubby. 
I don't call it a tubby. At least in public. At least in public. Don't talk about how you smell your grandpa's feet. That all sounds inappropriate. The tubby and that. Oh, you must not massage your grandpa's feet. Also creepy. Working on her. I'm learning so much right now. It's like, I don't know. And so is the entire world. So that's cool. It's fine. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, we have to figure out, you know, like, look. Is the fact that you, you, the global you, the, you, the listener, is the problem that you're being forced to work at home or because you are misappropriating your time during the day and you're forcing yourself to work at home? Is it a you problem or is it a company problem, right? I, usually, I know for me anyway, it was a me problem. It was my poor boundaries. It was my poor time management. It was me thinking that a session looked like me watching the BT the whole time or me talking to mom the whole time. It was me thinking that that's how BCBA work is done, that that's how supervision is done. Like I have to be present. In fact, I get a lot of shit for this online. Someone commented back to one of my, my reels or something like that. They're like, so you, so uh, she said something like, how can you be out there promoting people doing work during their supervision time? We're supposed to be there for the client and the behavior therapist and the parents. I'm like, okay, but you need to reframe that for yourself is that writing the report is for the BT, is for the child, is for the parent. It's not for you. <laughs> you're not right. writing like the report. Like watching Netflix on it. For you, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm sorry. That's so true. That is so true. I used to go and just like <laughs> talk Stare. to the parent yeah. or, or give them like mental health therapy. Yeah, no. Also practicing out of my ethical scope. I and get that, it. no, but look, I mean, we we do that is a part of the the unwritten job, right? It's not in our job description, but yeah, I mean, we are there to be a little bit of the sounding board for the parents, and that's not wrong. But our sessions are not an hour and a half, mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Our sessions are now they're three hours, they're four hours. What the fuck are you doing with your time? <laughs> What are you doing for four hours in someone's house? You're telling me that you're watching the BT the whole time, that you're modeling the whole session. I'm getting a little angry. That you're. I love it. I'm getting passionate. Why didn't anyone say this to me at the time? (laughs) And I'm actually like literally wondering, like, when you say it out loud, right? When you say it out loud, it sounds so stupid. What am I doing for four hours? I'm watching. I'm modeling. I'm modifying behavior plans for four hours. I'm listening to parents for four hours. I'm supporting for four hours. No, you are not. You are wasting your client's time. This is time when you should be in their digital data book. You should be up that data book's ass <laughs> figuring yes. out how I'm going to translate this in six weeks' time into a report when there are goals that haven't been worked on, when there's parent training goals that have never been touched. Six weeks, eight weeks ahead of time is when you need to be noticing that, not the night before the report is due when you're in that data book going, well, I screwed the pooch. Fuck, what was I doing with all my time? Right? But this happens over and over and over again on repeat out in the field. I screwed the pooch. (laughs) Is that an old word? Is that an old word? I'm an old lady. I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh, no, I have not heard that. I was like, that also sounds creepy like Tubby. I call everyone out for inappropriate, like, not cool language. Maybe that's like an 80s, 90s term. Maybe not- that is. Oh, it is. It's from the Breakfast Club. <gasps> I know that 
movie. It's from the 80s. I'm old. I was born in 1990, unfortunately. I'm old. I'm Leon. I'm young. Okay. Oh, Leon, I'm perfect. I'm young. I'm I young. have no childhood trauma. It's fine. I'm old, but I'm wise. I'm old, but I'm wise. That's what I say. I'm not outdated. I'm just wise. I love this. I love your, your passion, which is- No, you're I- so right. But like, I'm honestly wondering, like, applying this to anything. Okay. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not oh, working. Yeah. I'm not working, like, generalizing this across, you know, I'm not working with clients now. Mm. Like- kids let's say or adults or whatever I'm not I mean yeah I'm using ABA principles all day and we all are sure but first of all my number one question do you have zero ADD me I do not have any ADD me either Emily I don't but like, my daughter does and my husband does like, and my, I think saying, my son does too, like the way that the way that you say like what the fuck are you doing for those four hours it's like I don't fucking know. I come out, I have no idea what I did for four hours. So I don't even is, know. This is what the sentence good. I said before this one. No, and and honestly, I I have written this workbook just for people like you because if we don't have it written down, and if we don't have it scheduled, and if we don't have a plan, we do end up getting distracted by minutia. So it's not about having this like minute by minute thing, but I for the first probably 12 years of, you know, being in the field, I didn't do this. And then for the last like eight or nine years, I did. I walked in with an agenda. Now, what did my agenda look like? I'm, I'm looking around for my sticky notes. I don't have my, my, my agenda was on a sticky note. I, I didn't have it in my, my digital planner or anything like that. It was a sticky note that said, um, delete old progress, update new by dates. So that was one thing on my schedule that I was going to do. But that seems like, yeah, that's so true. Like, I wouldn't even think of that. Right. So you write it down on the sticky note and then you say, talk to mom about X. Uh, Make sure you observe X because maybe there's not enough data or maybe there's something else. Make sure, you know, and I just came in with a little list of to-do things. Like you came in on a mission. I came in with a purpose. I didn't just come in and say like, oh, what are we doing today? Because what I used to do, what, well, when, my, when I was really starting out, I would start out by saying, how are things going? Oh, my God. That's all I did. It's the open fucking a kiss of death. Kiss of death. But if you start out by saying, hey, I see things are going like this, so I want to identify X, Y, and Z today. What would you like on my agenda? It opens up a whole other conversation. And then you've also, like, let them know with a boundary of, like, look, I have stuff I need to cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't and you talk know, to you I would enter a session. I would enter a session like, hey. I was here <laughs> oh weekend. Yeah. That is so cute what you're wearing. What are you shipping out? You are shipping out so many envelopes. Like, what are you? <laughs> but there's time oh, for that. that's interesting. It's your old underwear when you no, were it's... a porn star. Like, wait, are you washing the underwear? <laughs> Wait, seriously? You're sending out your crusty underwear? Wow. Oh, my God. Cool. Like, Shoot, this is a real conversation Leon, I had. I know. I feel like I'm really sad that that was a conversation that you had, but I'm so interested in hearing the whole story, and I want to know everything about that client right now. I know. She was an ex-porn I'm nosy, star. I'm nosy like this. Right. So some people need to know how to even open up the conversation. And so actually in the workbook, I have conversation starters. I have, here's how you – enter the session, here's what you can say, because sometimes it's uncomfortable to say, 
you know, here are my boundaries for today. No, it's like basically here are my to do. Here's my to do list. Um, when you're used to walking in and just being like, hey, what's up? Because then you will get distracted by all the things and you will. But there is time for that. Like you have to do it. Leah, what you're saying has to be said. I mean, you not the underwear. To, that no. I didn't. Maybe not that, the I also obviously started probing and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what's your stage name? Cool. You okay. Know. But that's a one off. Yes. A hundred percent. But you have to ask about weekends. You have to ask how they're doing. You have to that's engage. That's the soft skills personal. of like pairing essentially. Yes. And it's emotional intelligence. You have to be emotionally intelligent when you walk into a session because you can't also walk in like a robot. So that is not what I'm saying. You cannot walk in like the robot and be like, I have things to do today and you will fit in at 1035. That's what you do. No. Wait, you should be the behavioral robot. What the fuck am I doing every episode? <laughs> oh, you do behavior robot. I've heard you do behavior Every episode. And he's like, actually like Israeli man. Like I, I just try, but okay, keep going. You're doing great. But you can't like, you know, you can't be ABA robot. So some people are like, well, you have to, pay, you know, you have to, you know, have a relationship. You have to you know, bond with the family and you build rapport. Yes, yes, yes. But you don't need to do that for four hours. You walk in, say, how's it going? Oh, I hear you have things to, to, to talk about. I need to, I need to just let you know, I have X, Y, and Z to do. I want to talk to you about this. Let's take 30 minutes right now to talk about this. You don't have to say it like that if you don't want to. What do you do at that 30 minute markoff point? You have to set that boundary. Say, okay, gosh, you know what? Well, you have to make a decision in the moment. First of all, is this something that is clinical? Are you talking about something that's super important or you're now talking about whether this goal is going – do you need a new goal for parents? Like are you just chit-chatting about underwear or like, oh my gosh, I'm so enjoying this conversation. I wish I could – we can continue this. I have so much to do right now. Can I – I want to hear the rest of this. Can I like circle back with you because this is like one of the most interesting stories I've ever heard, but I need to check in with the BT right now. Can we just like – no one's going to say no to that. Wow. That was – you have great social skills. <laughs> no one's going to say no to that. If you say, oh, it's 30 minutes. I have to stop talking. That's just weird and not emotionally. It's, just, it's called having swag. Yeah, it's have swag, swagger, whatever. It's just having emotional intelligence, conversation skills, and some of these things don't come very easily for people. But that's why having it written down a little bit will just be like, you know what, mom? See, I need that. I need that as like as like a – like a prompt for myself as to like refocus myself as to. So that's what, what alarms and alerts are on. And I'm, I'm okay saying like, okay, gosh, I'm really like, I need to give, I'm so interested in what you're saying right now. If it has nothing to do with the topic, right. If it has, not, if it has nothing to do with ABA or the child's program or the, you know, if, if you're just chit chatting, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to make those boundaries because they know you're there for a reason. They know you're not there to just bullshit. Um, and I, and I almost think you are doing yourself more of a service and helping how the families and the BTs see you as a professional when you say yeah. something like, I have so much to do for your child's report right now. I'm worried I'm not going to have enough time for it. Wow. That parent does not want to be just there chit-chatting with you. They want to know that you're in control. It's like a dog. I have to tell you. I tell this all the time. Okay. People aren't going to like that. I just said that. But <clears throat> Dogs don't want to be in control. They're constantly looking for the leader. They're constantly looking for the alpha. Anyone who knows about dogs knows this. They don't like not being trained. They don't like having someone who's not in control. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be in control. It feels very um, 
upsetting for dogs when they don't have strong boundaries and they don't have a leader. Families are looking for that in their BCBAs. They don't want the BCBA to come in and bullshit with them and chat and be like the social butterfly and be like, oh my God, you're so cool. Oh my God, this is what I did this weekend and I had so much to drink and all that stuff. They don't, they don't necessarily, I mean, maybe that's interesting, but they need a leader. They want to know that their child at the end of the day is in good hands and in professional hands and with someone who has control and who knows what they're doing. That's what parents want. They don't need another friend. That's, I want to see that you're competent. That's the done. I'm done. Okay. No, I agree with you. No, you're totally, I agree. No, no, everything you're saying, I totally agree. And even if it's like, Hard to do even if they do want new friends, let's say it's like, you can't be. It that is person. your obligation. Like you are billing insurance for something. Mm-hmm. You are, like, you are hired to do this because I like. I have to tell you that I have seen, potentially, like. Having a kid with autism can be very isolating for a parent, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you're no longer – like, I just see all my own parents, let's say, okay? Yeah. So, like, yeah. my parents, like, did the ultimate isolation. Like, I had a brother who would, like, not behave at things and, like, pull other kids, bite them. That it was like, you know what? I don't even want to go out. I'd rather be home that I'm not stressing that he's bit someone else, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or then my parents decided to become kosher, and that was like, okay, now you literally have zero <laughs> social outings in – Dallas. Um, <laughs> Tell us about that. Good like, so, like, I, some of like the parents, like, I remember feeling, and I mean, there's more awareness now of autism, but um, they're isolated. You know, a couple years back, there there wasn't so much, and it was mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of people are sitting lonely either because if it's like behavioral issues, they're not going out or um, carrying like. Mm. Guilt, like, mm. am I doing enough for my kid? I want someone to talk it through with, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, just, like, all these different things are, like – So I – something that I really needed to work on, and I, like, remember speaking to my supervisor about it, different supervisor, different company, because this is when I was an RBT, actually. Like, mm-hmm. the, a lot of this was happening with the porn star. <laughs> it was – it was, like, I, like, had such a hard time reminding her, like, hey, I'm here for blah, blah. Mm. You know, like, not in a rude way, but, like, she was only too happy for me to, like, make it her therapy session. Mm-hmm. We all you did know? that. I mean, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I can't stand here and say I never did it. The reason I know this is because I did it. <laughs> I did this for years. I would go in and, and pair myself and align myself. But the insurance companies definitely aren't paying us for that. Mm. No, I know, but I'm saying it's an actual skill that yeah. like it betters everyone's time because yeah. you're not taking like you're not as burnt out because you're not taking like essentially I would just be talking so then mm. I'd leave with all my work to do. Yeah. You leave the session not having done anything, not having accomplished anything. And look, there are going to be times when those sessions happen, but that should be the exception and not the rule. Like I know there was one family where after her um, – I was working the home after her IEP, every single year I would have to unpack that IEP with them. And that was just what we did. After the IEP, every year she, we would have to talk about like you know, you know, mediation and what was coming next and what she agreed with and if I agreed or disagreed and you know, pivoting everything at home so that we were more in line with what was happening. I mean, that was just kind of what happened. But the rest of the time, <laughs> all of the other, you know, like 52 sessions a week that I have with the family, um, <clears throat> it can't always be like that. It can't be every session is an opportunity to just chit chat with the RBT or just observe or things like that. And, you know, I get pushback saying like, 
well, you know, the insurance companies aren't paying us to, you know, be out there doing our work. And I'm like, yeah, they are because they're definitely not paying us to chit chat with with people and pair <laughs> and, and build rapport for 52 weeks a year. I mean, that can be one session, but it that's why I love be. having a podcast, even though <laughs> we're not paid for the podcast. But I love that. That's where I could just chit chat. That's where we get to chit chat and we get to unload and you can unload on your non, you know, billable time when you're back in the office and things like that. But it really is about, you know, creating boundaries. And I think a lot of the new RB, uh, BCBAs aren't taught how to make those boundaries in a meaningful way because they're not modeled for them because there's a culture of, in most companies and out in the ABA world, there's a culture of just being there for the family and the RBT and just watching session for four hours. I think that's the culture. I don't think people are doing a lot of their work during the session when it should be done. And that's why they're leaving the session with nothing done. And then they have to do it. Like how many people do you hear? I mean, like metaphorically raise your hand if you do your session notes at home. Why the fuck are people deriding their session notes at home? What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is that? And I love how you said like, what the fuck are you doing with three hours? And I'm literally, like, I don't know. But then once you started talking to me more, I was like, I am conversing. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you're pairing. You're pairing. You're you're interested. I you, think like, we it needs a mind shift. It just it's just a mind shift. It's just a a, a recalibrating. I mean, of but what this also seems so pragmatic. Like what you're saying, yeah. it's like well, you are supposed to meditating. Though, it's like you yeah. genuinely are a person, Liat, who gives a shit about people's personal lives mm. like that is one I'm of your so you want you will get to know what the <laughs> delivery driver like yeah when they got divorced or like anything i genuinely don't give a I shit i got really this contractor at my house i am so upset his wife passed away this like within the year mm. i had him staying for dinner like yeah trying to speak spanish i was like, I, like i'm so but I think involved. there's a halfway point. So like there's a midway point between Casey and Liat. Like it doesn't have to be where you're so interested that you then take it on, right? right? Because, you know, some there is a personality type that just internalizes and takes on people's but stuff. But mine not only like emotionally can... takes it on, it's like I have to do like physical actions. It's mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Like I'm helping this person get into college. I will make it my personal effort now <laughs> to get this person into college. Okay, come meet with me to write an essay. Like – because oh that's God, your love language. Your is that your love language? Is physical? Is acts of kind of is acts? That's, it's, love language. that's what I like people doing for me. Yeah. Yes. So that's what you Does do for mean? other people naturally, because that's how you like to be. You do that for other people, and that's yeah. also what you like prefer. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is, is that how love language works? I thought it could be yeah. like different for giving and different for taking. <clears throat> it can be, but I it definitely know you. But we usually you give love give the way we so like much. to it. Yeah. Yeah. We usually give love the way we like to receive it, and that's where couples like mess up oh, yeah. because I'm giving like, it the way much, I like to receive it. How many gifts? Like you are the best gift giver. You're mm -hmm. always coming up with like ideas for people, thinking yeah. of other people. When you, if you get a T-shirt from Target, you oh, Ayala will love this T-shirt, or Casey will love this T-shirt, <laughs> and then you buy like twenty of them, and yeah. like like that's your definite give and take, mm. like love language. No, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but you great. know we have. I to love it. I get these. Free gifts. <laughs> but, you know, we, when we're talking about ABA session, we have to go, okay, well, maybe we don't unload our whole love language on the 
<laughs> keep a little bit to the chest. There just has to be some balance. And I think, you know, otherwise you feel imbalanced, right? Because then, you know, we're giving so much that we're, we're imbalanced in this other part, which is personal life. I mean, what if, what if you had to forego bedtime with Kobe to go write a report because it was due the next day or it was due by midnight or it was due, you know, whatever it was. And you had to give up bedtime with him that would be like the stab in the gut for me would be to either half-ass bedtime routine with my kids when they were younger, to half-ass it because I have so much to do after they go to bed, sure. to half-ass it is 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 a punishment. And it doesn't work out for you better. When you try to read no. like half a book, <laughs> like they're expecting more, then they don't go to fucking bed. Yeah, then they go, don't go to sleep. So Every you know, book I make like – You oh, can't like I try be... to choose the, the one-word book. It's like ball, shoe. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen leave. the book with no words? The book with no words, it's the best. Yeah, that sounds great. Make shit up. <laughs> Just make shit up as yeah. you go along. But yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, we we can't uh, it's it's it is it is so much more than just um coming into session with a an agenda. I mean, now we're talking about you know, adjusting maybe our expectations of ourselves and you know, maybe not being our whole self the whole time and maybe saying, like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, walk in there and just be my full self because we, we want people to go in and feel comfortable in another person's environment. We want the family's home to feel warm and welcoming. And same with the clinic. I mean, we want these things for ourselves, but we also can't be that 100% of the time. We have to, I mean, look at, it, even in real life, if we were 100% of the time like that, it wouldn't work out because we would never get anything done. We would never get our groceries done for ourselves if we were always buying groceries for other people or we'd tap out of money or, you know, it doesn't work it to be 100% of one thing 100% of the time. It never works out for anybody that way. I mean, that's just we just can't be 100% of everything 100% of the time, right? We can't be – like we can't expect parents to follow through with a behavior plan 100%. No. Since when – only safety goals. Safety goals are the only things that are ever 100%. Mm -hmm. we, we can't be 100% 100% of the time. We can't expect parents to be 100%. So give ourselves some grace and say, okay, we can set some boundaries and not be rude by saying, hey, I have some things to do for your child. And zero parents on the planet are going to be right. like, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. I need to talk to you. Exactly. You can't do work for my child. Mm -hmm. Like we're there for their kid at the end of the day. And so it's another – Right? Uh, I wanted to talk – before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about – and because your export – your expertise too is <laughs> sleep, which we've done a podcast on, but I just did. There's some, a part of the book and also the workbook comes with a ton of resources of, um, worksheets, like yeah. worksheets that you can actually, and like little task analyses. Yeah, yeah. Of like how to set up the session, when are your Rios due, all the stuff to keep you organized. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just did my, like when is my bedtime formula thing? <laughs> I really was interested because sometimes I go to bed way too early. Um, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, maybe I didn't sleep well because like I shouldn't be in bed at like eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I did my I need to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning, which I do. Okay. I know my body needs eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I know that. Working backwards. Yeah. Working, Working backwards. backwards. Okay. So I did the subtraction. And so that means I should be, you know, lights out at 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. And if that takes, like you said, between 30 minutes and an hour to get there. So I need to be physically in bed at 9.15. So I'm going to start trying this 
and just see like yeah. even if I'm a little tired at eight I just need to kind of like rally till about 9 15 or like not like rally like energy rally but like yeah you know maybe I read a book a lot of people don't even offer themselves eight hours of sleep like I was talking about this oh, with Jonathan it. Mueller. Jonathan Mueller has a podcast. I don't know if you've heard his podcast, but um, he does a great, uh, you know, for for ABA professionals, people who own companies, things like that's a little bit different. But um, on his podcast, I'm like, well, well, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't get enough sleep at night. I'm always tired. Da, da, da. I'm like, well, what time do you wake up? And he's like, oh yeah, I wake up at like whatever six thirty or something like that. Like, what time do you go to bed? Well, he goes out. Oh, sometimes I don't go to bed until like one o'clock, and I'm. <laughs> So, like, look at the math on that. The math will never work out to eight hours. Between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. will never equal eight hours. (laughs) Very clear. (laughs) It just won't. So, like, the only option, if you wake up at 6.30 every day or whatever it is, the only option is to go to bed earlier. If you're going to want eight hours, you have to actually offer yourself, like, eight or nine hours. I'm still wait. tell me this. I know you take trazodone to sleep. So mm-hmm. you're tired at eight. Well, that's what. So you'll take your sleeping tablet usually when you're tired. Um, not at eight. No, no. I usually take it like if I'm when Matt and I are ready to like hit the hay, like get up from the couch and like mm-hmm. move to the bedroom. That's when I'll take it. You might find that you don't need. Do you guys have you ever tried going to sleep without it? We talked about this last time. Trying I know. I, mean, I know you I, sleep well. I, I have, sleep well. but like I had to use other you. aids that we won't talk about. So yeah, no, um, we can talk about those. But um, I know. You know, look, know. We, we talked about sedatives. I mean, trazodone is like whatever. It's an anti anxiety it's, like, it's like Xanax. It's like it's not as great. Yeah, whatever. But you know, I know, you, I know. How many other I know. things that you could be doing to just. T- turn off the noise in your brain, mm-hmm. which is really what people take, you know, Xanax and Trazodone and things like that for at bedtime is really just to no, turn I, down the I volume. know that the way it's I do not things a sleep is not aid. healthy. You know it's not a sleep aid. No, it's like if it makes you just like pass out. Like you're like not in actual REM, are you? You're just like drugs. So no. So yeah. So so like, see, I'm I I haven't done enough like research on like Trazodone, what it is exactly. I, I equate it to kind of a Xanax, which is mm-hmm. it gets your body so calm that you're able to accept sleep. Yeah. I haven't been able to figure out if it's an actual sedative or not. Is it a it sedative? It's, it said it's for insomnia. I don't I don't think it's an actual sedative. You just have to be careful. I feel very sedate on it. So. No, yeah. no, my my essentially when I take a sleeping pill, it is so that it will turn my mind off. Like that's what I'm looking for. Oh, it's actually an antidepressant. Yeah, it's an antidepressant when used in higher doses. But you know I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why am I Googling it? We have Liat here. <laughs> no, but this is like mine. Like, And I know this is total poor sleep hygiene because my stuff is not like well balanced into like a focused day, which that was my next question for you is like, what would it take for me to like have you like follow me around for three days and be like, Liat, like this is what you need to get. To-. No, it's like, in, and it sounds like silly, but it's like, I, I mean it. Like I need someone <laughs> – who like would be you need like someone to say like, hey, in this hour, this is what you need to get done and nothing else. Mm. And if you're off track, it's like writing down every single little nuance thing that you're doing that has nothing to do to contribute to your day. 
I think sometimes we don't offer ourselves a long enough wind down routine. So we're going right from stimulation to sedation. And that's why you feel like you need a sleeping pill is because you're not doing enough to like quiet your brain naturally and let your natural melatonin do its thing and let your natural adenosine build up, um, which is causes sleep pressure. So you have two things at night that, I mean, there's more than that, but you have two things at night that should be working together to make you feel sleepy. And that's adenosine and melatonin. Those work together to make you sleepy. But if you're caffeinating yourself too late in the day, adenosine's not doing its thing. And if you're screen timing at night, then melatonin's not doing its thing. And then we go to these sedatives or these, you know, like Xanax time type antidepressant, you know, anti whatever, these sedatives or, um, you know, these, these things that like anti-anxiety is the word I'm looking for so that we can turn off those mechanisms. Right. But really you have the natural, you, you have the No, but I feel like, like my time for me only starts at like nine. Well, that's okay. Nine thirty mm-hmm. or something. It's like, but okay. And that's like, an I'm hour. Like running every second surviving up mm-hmm. until, okay. Got Kobe to bed. Oh, okay. I could look at my phone now for enjoyment. Maybe we could get okay. Kobe to bed earlier. Mm. I bet we could. Sidebar. Earlier anyway, than seven. Oh, seven. So why does your, your time not start until nine nine thirty? If he goes to bed at seven, seven thirty. Then it's like, yeah. What do you do for two? I, I really feel like someone. What the fuck are you doing for two hours? No, I actually feel like someone needs to be like. I love that Emily. In like, I'm telling you, I need someone in physical proximity to actually see it, like to see my life. Like, wow, this is bizarre. In the last hour that you had your phone off or aside you have 34 new texts like it's like it's like I'm like it sounds like made up I'm not kidding but it's like and I don't even consider myself that fucking important I don't know what it is and it's like you also have to uh kind of decide for yourself and this is more like life coaching than ABA but I guess it all falls under ABA but you have to whatever condition yourself (laughs) to not be so respondent to those stimuli I mean, I think I'm not right now. I have 352 unread texts, but I still am <laughs> responding. <laughs> so you know what you need. You need an admin assistant. You need someone else to to scrub that shit for you. Scrub I agree. That that's, that's, that's what I'm, Work that's on what I'm it. working on. Work on, you know, I mean, sometimes it's about muting some of those conversations. I know I'm on these like texts. Like group but, ones. That's what, yeah. The group ones are the Casey ones that you get like doing it for me. She's like, take Leah out of this. Do not add Leah in this chat anymore. Yeah, she yeah, does not yeah. need any more. I'm like, Please if I'm in it, she does not need to be in it. I can report back to her when we meet in Zoom. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, some of these things are just us problems that we just need to figure it out yeah, for ourselves, better systems, you know, I mean, but there, but the nice thing about this technological age is that you can have systems, but I feel like the more systems we put in place, the more people want us, it's like the more things that we make space for. And then we just feel really overwhelmed instead of just like, I wish, oh my gosh, it's so funny. You guys, I keep this phone. I literally, I wish the listeners could see this. I keep this phone. Oh my God, it's an old, like, rotary phone. A rotary phone. I keep this phone as a reminder of how much better life was when we weren't carrying our shit around with us all day, like you were saying, Leah, like, portable. I keep this in my office. This is, like, right in your body. That's the one funny thing I have to say. So, like, I saw this thing recently, and I know we're wrapping up. It was, like, (laughs) meant to be this, like, progressive movement. It's, like, what is it, like a technology sabbatical to take it a day and like they're starting this movement and you pay to do it and whatever it is. And I was like, 
oh, you mean Shabbat that I do every Friday <laughs> night to Saturday exactly. night? Exactly. Which is funny. It is like the only time that I sleep. Like Casey comes over and it's like wakes me up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning and I'm like, okay, honestly, Kobe's with his dad. You fuck off. This is like literally my <laughs> mm-hmm. sleep for the entire week. Yeah. Because I yeah. literally can't be stimulated. And it's like these like progressive, like cool, whatever, like are like trying to like no. sell this like electronic sabbatical and I'm like oh Shabbat or like wouldn't it be cool if our cell phones didn't move with us oh rotary phones yeah oh wouldn't it, you know it's like we've all these had, old things like we've had can this you imagine your for- laptop <laughs> like did it move for 5,000 years we've had the Sabbath and the Sabbath is meant for rest it's meant there's a reason we don't do technology on Shabbat there's a reason that we literally you know, it's like oh don't my god wait, there's drive. actually knowledge in this yeah it's like there's actually ancient, knowledge. it's wild we just need to look back on ancient wisdom to realize that we were not like we're not that much better off now with all this stuff. I mean, we are as far as like medical things. I mean, there's so many things that we're obviously better off with, but I think as far as like the communication and stuff, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. Did we even talk like about almost- burnout? Have we talked about burnout yet today? Oh, don't worry. We have. And I have like a ton of notes. I, I started to- Wait, but I, I really think people need to take um, both your CEUs that will be available on our site soon if they're not already available when you hear this podcast, um, as well as with it, you'll see her burnout book, which is like themed, um, like burn book. You get it? Like Mean Girls, LOL. Burnout. Uh, you'll definitely want to get your hands on that. So many systems, lots of systems, usable systems. I I love being friends with people like you. You know, it's funny. Control freaks would not like to be friends with someone who has as many systems as you because they'd be like, fuck off. You're in my system. I'll take anyone who has any sort of system. No, you know what? It's funny. It's like it's about individualizing your own system. What the workbook does is it if you don't have any systems, here's the system. If you have a system that's working, great. But if you really had systems that were working, you wouldn't be so fucking burnt out. Exactly. You wouldn't have the MO to take this class. <laughs> exactly. You would not. It's funny. Someone bought my workbook and she was like, um, well, this is just stuff that you could Google. And I and I said to her, I was like, okay, fine. Like, if if you could go and Google that, but you came to me because you're burned out. So you weren't Googling it and you mm-hmm. weren't putting it together for yourself and you are burned out and telling me how you're on your third job. And I'm like, maybe it's not the workbook that's the problem. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said in a much nicer way, in yeah, a much yeah, nicer yeah. way. But honestly, I think some people are so burnt, so burnt out. They don't even – also, don't forget, some people want to be – uh, victims and complain yes. and they want to be burned out because if they're not burned out, they don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like also that focus is like not tying your, pro- your self-worth to productivity as much. Yeah. Which we've talked about before, but I oh, think that's yeah. a, big pro- a big problem. It's like, well, I did, you know, 45 tasks today and I, I didn't sit down once and I like, you know, mm. I, I did everything like, yeah. versus like, oh, I actually took an hour out of the day and yep. went for a walk. Like that doesn't. I feel like I that actually should be got more all celebrated. my work done by six o'clock. And look, now yeah. I can sit and watch Netflix and chill and have a glass of wine and be in solitude totally. and just breathe for a minute, and then mm-hmm. like go to sleep and not have six thousand things on your mind. Honestly, Wild. it's all for me. This all started with sleep. And then I worked backwards. It's like people aren't sleeping because they're working late at night. Well, why are people working late at night? Because my goal is always to get people more sleep because I truly believe if people were sleeping more, they'd be much happier. I feel like people are so angry because nobody's sleeping. And that's a real thing. There's data on that. I totally agree. (laughs) 
And so that's where it started. And then I was like, okay, well, how can I help people get more sleep? Well, I can help them be more efficient and not work at night. Well, how do I help people not work at night? Oh, wait, here's what I did. Here's how I never worked at night for the last eight years that I was in the field. You know? Totally true. And then this is how, you know, just work backwards, right? Work smarter, not harder. Don't And don't be a martyr with your work, you guys. That's terrible. Don't do that. Yes. Yeah, Casey. Not a sword you want to die on. That's for sure. <laughs> Emily, thank you for coming back on the podcast. It's so always just fun, such always. a good conversation with you and funny and laughs and f bombs. It's been a, it's been a minute since we've dropped f bombs because we've been kind of like interviewing like professional people. Not that you aren't professional, but you're like a friend to us. So it's back yeah, into like <laughs> on your other hat. <laughs> to put on your other hat. So we're pumped, and everyone, if you're this episode resonated with you, you're feeling that you want a little bit of extra help. We've got the workbook for you and everything will be posted in the show notes. So go grab it and definitely get the CEUs. Guys, that's it for today. We'll tell you where to find Emily. She's cool AF and we're cool AF. So you should definitely go follow us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, our website, behaviorbitches.com. And if you have not gone and left us a five-star review in the podcast app, what are you doing listening to us? Okay. You are you listening to yeah, you list exactly. What the fuck are you doing with your time, as Emily said? Okay. I mean, I'm sure you could write it onto your little to-do list, post it, like Emily, just leave a five-star review and write something nice. Okay. Obviously, you like the podcast because you've made it to the end. So go do that. With that, as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm